Hello and welcome back to Backyard Catch. I'm your host, Nick Roby. And once again, we have our good friend, Chad Sakata. Chad, how's it going again? Doing well. We're, uh, we're here. I'm ready to talk about a little bit more football. And uh, gosh, you know, just daydreaming of football games to be played in the fall. Hoping for that to, uh, to really happen here. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm a little bit in denial of like if they're actually going to stop it because that's a lot of money. Like, I think if we're just being real, like that's a lot of money to say no to for colleges and for pros. I think it would would totally shut, you know, yeah, especially from a college perspective. uh, I mean, it would shut down and severely impact a lot of athletic uh, departments across the country. You know, when you even think about those games, you know, you think about uh, the Citadel coming to play Clemson or you think about, you know, Youngstown State or somebody coming to play Ohio State, those are $1.1, $1.2 million guaranteed paychecks that those tiny athletic departments aren't going to get. Uh, I mean, you, we're going to see some massive impacts across all of athletics if this gets uh, pushed off. Yeah, so I, I, I really hope not. And I think um, we're, we're starting to see a little bit of improvement, but it would – man – I would, I would love for this to happen. It'll be so exciting. I feel like when everyone gets to go back into a stadium or just watch regular football again. Um, I was texting laughing because like um, ESPN's like posting um, Korean baseball right now. It's amazing <laughs> to me um, just because it's like, it feels like they're, they, I mean, when you're a sports network and there's no sports on, they are pulling everything they can and the funniest part to me was like the, it was in a rain delay at 1 a.m. when I saw on Twitter. So it's that's like, amazing. Poor guys had stayed <laughs> up because he was excited just to watch something, and then it went into a rain delay. Now <laughs> they, they do let them watch like post recorded the next day, but it was just like that just feels very fitting. And because it's baseball and they get rained out, um, that's just a very, very funny thing. Um, so uh, we Chad and I are back because we. Um, had done a part one special of the NFL draft, but we've got 16 more players to get through. So we've got some more, some more breakdown we want, wanted to do. So Chad, you ready to dive on into this? I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. We're okay. starting with one of my favorite picks. I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm excited too. Cause um, so for those of you picking up, um, we had left off with Atlanta taking AJ Terrell from Clemson, the cornerback. And now we're up to 17. The Dallas Cowboys, America's team, they take C.D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. So, Chad, I'm going to let you have the floor. Um, what do you like about C.D. here? Uh, look, C.D. Lamb, I think, is by far the best wide receiver in this draft. I don't mean to say uh, anything that takes away from Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs uh, or any of the other guys, but that's how highly I think of C.D. Lamb. Uh, I mean, the, the kid can do everything. Obviously, he played in a great offense at Oklahoma where, you know, he was featured, and they did ask him to do a lot of different things. His role evolved over his time as a player there. Um, but, man, to get him at 17, to get another weapon for Dak, uh, that becomes a, a pretty scary offense when you really think about it. And, um, you know, Dak has got to be pumped. Zeke's got to be pumped. Um, everybody in, in Dallas and in the, uh, the, the Republic of Texas, uh, should be excited about this one. Um, this is about the only pick that should have been in faster than when the Cleveland Browns selected, uh, Jedrick Wills. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean that very simply put CD lamb, I think is, is destined for greatness, um, there in Dallas. I, I think C.D. Lamb, like, just takes off. I, I, I agree. I think he's got high potential. Um, him in Dallas just feels – it feels like it has that type of, like, um, I don't know, just something about the Cowboys and just having, like – it just feels like a high-powered offense down there. And I feel like he'll fit well because when you got, you know, all the weapons they have down there, for him to be, like, a second or third option – early in his career, you know, when he like him against the third guy in the depth chart, it's just not fair. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm a little surprised he was this if 17, I mean, 17 even feels a little bit low. Like the fact that Dallas didn't have to do anything and they got him at 17. 
I mean, he he and Kyler Murray, but also I feel like he, especially the past two years, has really pro- helped propel Oklahoma into the college football playoff. Like, they were putting up some crazy numbers. Um, so, and he's just got a great nickname, which is also fun too. So, did you also hear he's going to wear 88 like Michael Irvin? Oh, my goodness. Well, and that's what I was going to kind of say is, you know, he, he – he, adding him into this offense. And I love what you said about how he doesn't have to be the man in the passing game right off the bat. Um, and that's so true. He doesn't even have to be the man on offense right off the bat. Uh, and for a player like him to come in and, and get to play, not probably against, um, you know, the opposing teams shut down corner, but when you've got a guy like Ezekiel Elliott running the ball, um, you know, you, you've, you're constantly thinking about the run on defense because he can obviously take it to the house anytime that uh, he gets the ball in his hands. Um, but, yeah, the fact that they didn't have to move up to get him, that they just kind of stayed where they were and he fell to them, uh, I mean, that is – it's silly. It's silly. And, and here's the other thing. Here's the other point I want to make. This is the other reason I'm so excited, right, uh, if you were watching the draft, uh, for anybody out there, you know, big talking point was uh, what what uh, what digs, you know, were the coaches and the GMs and the owners making their picks from, right? Like, uh, you know, and uh, I really want to talk about, um, you know, a, a lot of well, – there's a lot of funny things, you know. Um, but, uh, but really, Jerry Jones, here's what I learned. Uh, Jerry Jones is a Bond villain. That's what I learned. If I'm walking away with one thing from this draft, it is that Jerry Jones is legitimately a Bond villain. Uh, convince me otherwise. Yeah, I mean, the fa- if, if, if I was to go, Chad, it, if we're going to have a virtual draft and one of the owners decides to do it on his private yacht in the ocean, who do you think that would have been? It would only be Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. I mean, only Jerry Jones would – I mean, that's just amazing. I also love Cl- Cliff Kingsbury and his, like, mansion, like, in Arizona. That was amazing. He's um, living on credit. <laughs> more than likely. The fact that he, he went from 500 of Texas Tech to then be living in that is pretty impressive um, move up. No, this – I mean, C.D. Lamb, this is a home run for them. Um and sometimes the Cowboys, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, it, it, this feels like a hit. And honestly, it's starting, I, I think, would be interesting going from this is it's starting to get that Dallas has got the weapons. They just got to put, put it together. Like, they have got all these different things and they just got to do it. Like, they just have to perform. And, um, and not that they're not, but it's just, it's all set up there for them to, to, to go out and take it. Um, honestly, I mean, it is. It so is. This, the NFC East is, is, is wide open. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I would definitely helped in that arms race. Yeah. I mean, and, and just to finish off real quickly, I just had some, I was reading his stat line and it's pretty impressive. This, this is just for last year. Uh, Lamb had uh, 1,327 yards receiving. His yards per reception was 21.4. So per reception, it was 21.4 yards. He had 14 touchdowns and maybe like a, 14 game season, you know, I mean, that's pretty much one, one a game, 62 receptions, 27 receptions of 20 plus yards. It's incredible. That's um, amazing. So I best of luck to him. I, I think, I think it'll be really, and very high on fancy draft boards for sure. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Next we move on to Miami who um, just making themselves at home in the first round with all their pick number two, pick number, number two. two. Um, they take Austin Jackson, offensive tackle from Southern Cal. Um, what, what's your thoughts on Jackson? Uh, I'll be honest. I don't, uh, I don't have a ton of thoughts on him other than uh, I know he's, he's solid. Um, you know, you obviously have a quarterback that you selected in Tua uh, that you want to protect. Um, you know, the, the Dolphins had plenty of holes uh, that they needed to take care of and, and, Securing your offensive line, securing your future, um, something that can help in both the run and the pass game uh, is a great pick. Uh, it's not a sexy pick, but you get that with your you know, your first pick of the draft, number five with Tua, and, and now you get something that, that helps ensure uh, 
hopefully longer term success on your team. Um, I think he's got a lot of room to grow. Uh, and I think he does have a high ceiling, um, but it's just uh, getting him there. Uh, so, you know, if, if they were definitely going to take an offensive lineman, I think he probably is uh, at this point at, at, at 18, he probably is the best guy left uh, on the board there. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think it's, again, it's solid. It's not sexy, but it's what, it's what you need to do to take care of, uh, take care of your new quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, not, not much more to say. I think just knowing that uh, Jackson is one of those tackles, he's got the tools, but he's got to still work. Um, I was just reading up when I was, we were doing some research for this. He's, um, he's only turning 21 this month, so he's still really young, and so he's got the physical tools. Um, he did uh, donate, I believe it was his kidney, um, his sister, um, and he, he was a good match. Who was a kister? Uh I, I forget exactly which one it was, but um, which is very cool. But it did, um, it did kind of, from a football stance, it it, it did cause him to be um, set back a little bit. But that's, I mean, that's a great character um, right. move in that. And I think the biggest thing is just like he is not like a plug in. He doesn't feel as much of a plug and play as a couple of these other tackles are. He he'll need some refinement for sure. But I think investing in protecting Tua is where you need to go for sure if, if he's your guy. Um, right. Got to do it. Yeah. Do it. Uh, then we, we move on to 19. Uh, the Raiders have another pick. They take your boy, Damon Arnett, cornerback from Ohio State. Uh, what do you think of him here? You know, um, this, was, this pick was a surprise. Uh, I did not expect this. Um, and, uh, and I certainly – did not expect it to be Damon Arnett. I did not expect him to go in the first round. I feel like I'd heard a little bit of smoke of that, but, you know, not nearly enough that would have uh, ever had me guessing that anybody would have taken him in the first round. And if they were, it was going to be pick 31, um, sure. you know, something like that. Uh, so it's interesting. This is definitely going to be a wait and see uh, type of pick. Uh, I think that, Arnett is good. He's obviously a guy, you know, uh, from Ohio State. So I've watched uh, pretty much all of his snaps of his career. He's a three-year starter for the Buckeyes, uh, and and he he went through some growing pains. Interestingly enough, he was set to uh, he, he was a redshirt senior this past year, and so he was set to leave the program last year uh, after Urban retired and uh, and head to the draft. But Chris Carter. A uh, long-time NFL receiver, former Buckeye great, said, hey, I think you should rethink that. And, and obviously it was a good choice, uh, even just for the signing bonus. But um, this, the, I, did, I did do a little bit more research because he often was uh, a bit of a, a goat for Ohio State fans and even for myself uh, at times in the past, certainly not this year. I've always loved his uh, – just his scrappiness and um, – and he, I mean, he, he's a fighter and, uh, and he's going to jaw and he is going to, uh, I mean, he's got that swagger that you want in a corner when you put, try and put them on an Island. Uh, but I thought this was interesting. He had the lowest pass rating allowed in single coverage of any corner in the draft this year, hmm. um, which was shocking to me, right? Like I knew our defense was good. I knew he played really well on the other side of, of Jeff Okuda. I didn't realize he played that well. Uh, and then also read that he didn't give up any more than one touchdown uh, in single coverage in any of his four seasons at Ohio State. Uh, so all those touchdowns he allowed as a sophomore and junior must have been zone coverage. But, uh, you know, in, in man coverage, uh, he, he got the job done. And, um, and so that was interesting. I think his, his combine hurt his stock in a lot of people's eyes. Obviously it didn't in the Raiders and, and um, and just came out uh, just the other day that the Raiders coaches said, "Hey, you know, you know, I know a lot of people are questioning this pick, but we clocked him at a I think they said a four four three when when really his official draft time was uh, four five six or, or 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 maybe a little bit higher. I'm not sure, um, but it was you know his official time was was definitely over four five and and something that you, know, you wouldn't want for a first round corner." 
but if the Raiders coaches were there and, and thought, no, this is what we got on him, um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a longtime track coach. I've done hand timing. I know how off it can be. And, uh, and so we'll see. I, I think he'll be a good corner. Um, I don't think he's going to be great in the NFL. You know, the pressure's higher. Uh, you're playing against better players. You're playing against the best of the best receivers out there. Um, and uh, and so we'll have to see. I mean, he's going up against a, a, a few tough opponents uh, in the AFC West. Um, I don't know, right? Like, I want to like it as a Buckeye, but, but I, I certainly don't want him to uh, be labeled as a bust. But I, I – Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I, that's – that's that's really fair. I was really surprised by it, and I think I, it it does kind of feel like the Raiders really like you, you said in the last podcast, just mentioning how the Raiders was very thin at corner, mm-hmm. and Arnett also fe- uh, feels like he fits the Gruden like you're talking about the scrappiness and just the fighter. Like Gruden loves just like those like the tenacity and just he loves that kind of style. So I think he could. I mean, he could fit in this. I, to be honest, I I didn't love the pick but i think i think that's the thing it's just because it felt too high to me um, yeah and but i do think there are things that are that work in his favor in the sense that like one it only takes one team so it's almost like this also belief that like he's like hey they believed in me and you know and, and honestly you you showed on the field um and also just to know like i think it is a factor that with okuda everyone knowing that okuda is number one and you don't throw to that side as much, like Arnett's side is going to be picked on more. So while there are some breaks, I think there is a positive for him of like, hey, like I'm used to being thrown into like the side of being picked on. And as a rookie, your your side's going to get picked on a lot more, even in practice. You know, like they're going to test you more. So I think if he can kind of work on, so like, you know, work on some of that, you know, quick secondary steps or just or as he's working on his technique and things, I think um, it could end up being good, but I think there's potential there, but yeah, that's with all these things. It's kind of like, all right, your opportunity is here now. So um, yeah. Yeah. I'd be um, interested to see how he pans out. He definitely got thrown out a lot more than, uh, than Akuda in their careers. And so, I mean, he's, he's used to being tested. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we can keep moving on. Um, Jacksonville take took a uh, Calavion, uh, Chess Chession. I don't know how I said that right. Uh, Chession, uh, linebacker LSU. Um, I always have a hard time pronouncing the LSU. Uh, this that Cajun style sometimes. Um, he uh, linebacker from he was one of those. Uh, linebackers, but also played some down um, down linemen for them as well. Um, he had 60 tackles this year, 13 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. Um, what do you think of him going to the Jaguars? Uh, you know, it's funny is we, we've talked about this a little bit before, but like there's a lot of times where, you know, there's certain players when they get drafted and they just feel like they fit that team's uh, M.O., and uh, and Chasen feels like that for the Jags. You know, they've kind of – it seems like every other year, every every few years, they get this guy that's that's a, a little bit of an athletic freak um, that's a great pass rusher. Uh, and um, and, and I, I really think that he's a really good player. I think he really keyed a lot of the defense for, for uh, LSU – and, uh, and and help put a lot of pressure on, on quarterbacks in the SEC this year. And for them to pick him up at 20, I think he, he might uh, – you could have labeled him as the second best uh, edge rusher – edge rusher, sorry, in the first round. Uh, and to get that second best edge guy all the way down to 20, especially when the first one went at number two, uh, man, I think that's uh, – you, you take that – you take that and run to the bank. Um, this I think he's going to do really well down there. He's going to fit fit well in that defense, and um, yeah, I love this pick. I really do. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of potential with him. Um, I think the thing, if I remember, 
correctly, I think he he was late playing uh, high school football. He played later, and so it took him a little bit longer time to develop mm-hmm. at LSU. But he's got that twitch factor. He's got that um, thing. I mean, if he's going to go to a team, Jacksonville, especially for a defensive lineman and just as a defense, like if you're a defensive player, like you love going to, to a team like Jacksonville who's all about defense and just that grittiness and just wanting to play. And they'll basically get to turn him loose and just let him play. Um, yeah. so I think it's a really good fit. Um, the thing that's interesting with Jacksonville is I do um, – it's interesting that they, they again address defensive needs with their first round picks. Um, Seems like every year, which feels like every year. And I think that's what it was interesting. Just like knowing that they're going to have Gardner Minshew as their quarterback now. And I think they're trying to move on for, from Fournette. I don't know if they officially have or not. Um, but it just feels like I know that they also need to address their offense as well. So that'll be interesting of, um, they just they they have a style of going after defense in the first round, but there also are a lot more players, usually defensive players, that can go in the first round. So it just kind of depends. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. He's definitely a, 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 in that category of the wait and see what that will look like. Um, yeah. But uh, we've got twenty one Philadelphia. They take Jalen Rager, wide receiver TCU. Uh, a little bit of surprise. Yeah. Uh, a l- l- little jump, not that he can't play, but just a little surprise. And you start getting these later first rounds, you have uh, teams starting to pick more of their players versus like who draft expert experts think should be in these slots for sure. Right. Yeah. And this is another really funny one um, to watch a draft, uh, you know, and have, have passionate friends for other teams and know what they're hoping for. My buddy that, that's an Eagles fan, I mean, he was hoping for a wide receiver. And um, and he was getting real excited for Justin Jefferson just to keep on sliding down the board. And then when they selected Jalen Rager, man, his face, uh, his face said it all for me. Um, but uh, I, I, I think Rager's good. Uh, man, I don't think he's great. I don't think this is a, an awesome pick. I mean, when you look at the wide receivers that were yet to be picked that are still on the board, Justin Jefferson goes to the, the very next pick to the Minnesota Vikings. You know that the Vikings were going, oh, man, we Jefferson just fell to us? <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You know, and, uh, and you've got Brandon Ayuk who the, the Niners trade back up into the first round to get. You've got Michael Pittman Jr. from USC. You've mm-hmm. got T. Higgins that goes at the top of the uh, second round to the Bengals. All guys that uh, I think probably could have helped out Carson Wentz and the Eagles a little bit more uh, than Jalen Rager. Um, but you're right. Uh, you get to this part of the, the first round, teams are picking their guy. Um, the guy that they've done the scouting on and, and they, they, they believe is going to add the best fit to their team. Um, I can just say if I was in, in the Philadelphia front office, I don't think that Rager would have been my guy. So uh, there you go. That's my thoughts on him. No. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he's more of a, a, a speedster type of a guy. And I know that he was, the talk was he was starting. He was one of those ones who was benefiting from um, who was having a late draft surge uh, of just the more people were talking about him. I was a little surprised because I hadn't heard about him as much and just knowing the needs that Philadelphia had at wide receiver. Um, but then again, I mean, if it's about getting the ball out of Wentz's hand and letting him work with space, then it's great. But it is, I think, it is gonna be interesting that he he did go above some other. Uh, receivers where Philadelphia definitely is in need. So um, it will be interesting to see. Uh, And then we can just briefly talk on it with with Minnesota taking Jefferson. Um, Jefferson's numbers are pretty crazy. Just, (laughs) and I mean, they had a high powered offense, of course, but when you, when you write them out in comparison, it is really a staggering. He had 1,540 yards. 13.9 13.9 yards per reception, 18 touchdowns, 111 receptions, and 19 of that went 20 plus. Um, so 
my 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 two thoughts on this, and, and I'll let you go, is I had a plus and a minus plus. As I said, he's devastating in the slot, like over the middle, like can just tear guys apart, especially like, yes. like any of those guys. That, uh, just seeing him in space, and also now that Diggs is now out of Minnesota, I mean, there's space for a top guy slash. There's you know more balls to be thrown too, um, and now that you know you want to offset Cook the one minus I had for them is, and I think that's part of the LSU thing. I think for me is can these guys fit outside of the LSU scheme that worked so well last year and not that these guys can't play, but I'm like, it'd be interesting. Like, okay, how does he, how does he fit in Minnesota versus like the four wide that they were doing in um, Baton Rouge last year? Totally. I, I, the the impact of, of Joe Brady on that offense, you know, we've talked about it already. So it will be interesting to see how some of these guys um, succeed or, or don't succeed uh, going forward. But I do really like Justin Jefferson. Uh, I think he is, um, I mean, he, he's a, he's a, he's a PT peer, you know, as Dickie V would say, he obviously, uh, played well in the in the championship game last year and, and stepped up, um, and uh, and so I think he's he's pretty solid. He, he can do a lot of things. I think you hit the nail on the head. He, he's devastating in the slot, um, and I think it's a great pick. Uh, so the interesting thing will be, um, can he be a number one receiver? Uh, and um, yeah. How does he handle that? So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think um, as we continue, like that's kind of when, when we start getting into these later picks, there always feels like there starts to become like a question. It's not like a negative always, but just like a they didn't go as high because there is a, a thing that there's just unknowns of like how does you know how does, can Jefferson be a number one or was was uh, Chase really the number one and Jefferson Jefferson is more of a number two. You know, or like, um, can Rager really live up to the draft hype type of thing? Um, we can start going, uh, we can do like we were doing before, two at a time, just kind of talk about multiple guys. Um, so 23, the Chargers take Kenneth Murray, who's an inside linebacker from Oklahoma, and then the Saints take Cesar Ruiz, center from Michigan. Uh, what are your thoughts on those guys? Well, Kenneth Murray, uh, you know, kind of what's not to like about him? I mean, he he he's a he's a rocket um, coming out of that linebacker spot, and uh, incredibly athletic, um, and uh, you know, had to do a lot of things at Oklahoma um, against a lot of creative offenses. Obviously, in the Big Twelve, uh, they did trade up um, to get him. And uh, it felt a little steep um, for the move they made. Uh, you know, they gave up their uh, second and third round picks to New England um, just to, to move up um, very, uh, you know, just a couple spots. And um, so hopefully for them, uh, he, he pans out exactly as they hope him to. Um, but I think he's going to be a great fit on the Chargers defense. Um, you know, he's, he's got a, a really good uh, core of guys around him, guys that are in front of him on that defensive line. And uh, it's going to allow him to make plays. Um, so I think, I think Murray is, is a good pick. I think uh, moving up to get him uh, is a smart move for the Chargers. Uh, for the Saints, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Like they actually, you know, for team picking it at, at uh, where they were, they, they didn't have a whole lot of uh, holes, uh, really, in terms of what they needed. Um, and so, you know, they, they have not done super great in the, uh, you know, they've lost games that they shouldn't have in the playoffs. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they felt like they needed to protect Breeze and, and uh, keep him upright for a few more years. And, um, you know, Ruiz, even though, uh, you know, he, he never, never played in Indianapolis for a Big Ten title, he, uh, he's a talented offensive lineman. And I think that uh, he can play a couple different spots, which is really good 
Uh, he's, he's obviously a heady player um, and, uh, and, and was definitely one of the better offensive linemen that the Wolverines would have um, year in and year out during his time there. There you go. That's, that's pretty well said from a, from a team from uh, you talking about the team from up North. I know that's not, that's, that's pretty well said. I like that. Um, I mean, I took my shot in there. Don't worry. I, I know we, we, we caught that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I like both picks. I, I, I don't really have as much to say other than um, uh, Ruiz. I know that the, when teams tend to pressure breeze on the saints, like through the middle, that seems to be like they try to, to attack more of that middle slot. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, does he actually play center or not? Um, but, yeah, I think that's the, – the Chargers definitely had a few more needs. But, um, yeah, interesting to see. I think you just – it doesn't hurt to take another line and, um, and, and kind of keep plugging and play. So I try to keep Breeze, Breeze around for the next few years if you can. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, we can keep moving on. Uh, San Francisco takes Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver, Arizona State, and um, ever the most probably most interesting pick. Uh, next, we've got Green Bay takes Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. So we can talk about Ayuk, and then we can dive into the interesting that is the Packers pulling in Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I like him. Um, and, uh, I had to learn a little bit about him, right. Cause I, to be honest, I don't really get to watch many PAC 12 games. Um, but, uh, you know, impressive right off the jump from Herm Edwards in Arizona state to have back-to-back first round wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, that's not a, an offense in a program that you would think would necessarily produce that. Um, you know, there's plenty of other high-powered offenses and more high-powered offenses mm-hmm. than the Sun Devils that have not produced back-to-back uh, wide receiver first-round picks. So, um, no, but I think, you know, you pair him, um, you give Garoppolo another weapon, you pair him with Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and and you kind of keep up a little bit of that arms race, um, you know, and, and – uh, the Niners needed um, some more weapons to, to keep up with the Chiefs. And, uh, and I think, you're, you know, the Niners are, are, are still walking out of this draft as the favorites in the NFC. Uh, you have the Chiefs still being the favorites in the AFC. And so I think the Niners did what they needed to do uh, with, with getting another weapon and, and somebody that can score. Um, yeah, Jordan Love, Packers. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this pick. Um, And it's not that I think that Jordan Love isn't necessarily a first-round worthy pick, right? But but let's be real here. The Packers moved up four spots. They moved up from 30 to 26 to get Jordan Love. Uh, When you've got a generational quarterback in Aaron Rodgers – uh, that needs more weapons uh, that to get you another Super Bowl championship, and you take Jordan Love. Um, I, I, I'm a little bit speechless, Nick. I'm not going to lie to you here. Um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I mean, this is by far. I even ran a poll uh, uh, on the Backer Catch Twitter. We, I ran a poll just because I was curious of like what people thought. Like, what was most were they most surprised by and this pick right here was i mean this was the clear favorite of what people are most surprised by not only because they pick when the packers have needs like on offense and there are there's people available i honestly thought t higgins was going i I was like okay he's gonna say t higgins wide receiver clemson i was like perfect he goes alongside Devontae adams like it fits great and absolutely i've heard a lot of talk about how great love is but the fact that they did like the Packers did this and the fact that like they got the back like they got a backup and that the Packers did it like they did the same thing around in the 20s picking Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. um far from a few years left maybe it's a different uh front office then and I just think it brings up a lot of questions of like this is a newer front office like does this mean that they're not as into Aaron Rodgers as 
people think that they should be, you know, it, it just starts like questioning that. Um, so it's just really interesting. I, to me, it's disappointing. Um, I have heard some counters from like radio, uh, one particular radio host, but just radio hosts uh, that love this pick and love that they went for the backup and love that they're going for that. To me, I, I think the Packers have been close, but like they were just in the NSC playoff, like the championship game. Like, yeah. I think you need weapons. And I mean, obviously his tape is what stands out. But when you throw his numbers out there, um, they're not as impressive as you think that they would be. I mean, he had 3,400 yards, 7.2 yards per attempt, 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. So he's got the talent. It's like he's got the arm strength and he's got abilities. But for me, I don't know. I, I To me, this is just one of the bigger question marks of the draft. It's a stretch for sure. Um, you know, I, I think – when you look at, at some of the metrics and, and, and some of the advanced kind of analytics stuff, I think it, it sheds an even uh, more stark light on it um, that is not very favorable to, to love. Um, when, when you look at some of the analytics and you, and you kind of go, wow, he really does not measure up um, to a lot of other quarterbacks who have been drafted in the first and second round. Uh, over the past couple of years, even. Um, so, I, you know, and th- this literally makes me think that um, somewhere uh, out there, the, the Green Bay Packers got bad, uh, bought bad advice, right? Because when you really look at it, um, you know, they were at 30. Uh, Miami was or- originally at 26. And um, so you go, well, okay. So if you're the Packers, you're sitting there at 30 before this trade is made, you're going, well, the Dolphins uh, are not going to draft a quarterback at 26. Uh, The Seahawks might, but I don't, you know, like if you're being realistic, uh, they're not. Um, They need to restock that defense. They did that with Jordan Brooks. The Ravens are not going to draft a quarterback. The Titans are maybe, okay. They're the most out of all those, yeah. Yeah, by far the most likely, but yet um, also a team that that could benefit from a couple different things. Even though they, you know, they went on that run and and played the AFC Championship, um, they, you know, they they had a few other holes and places that they could strengthen their team uh, beyond quarterback. That was not necessarily the reason that they did not get to play in the Super Bowl. So you, you look at that and you look at the landscape and you go. Uh, you almost feel like the Packers got sold a bill of goods by somebody and kudos to the Dolphins for cashing in on it. Um, so, yeah, uh, just just very interesting. And this is one of those times when you would love to, to be a fly on the wall in that war room uh, and hear the phone calls and, uh, and hear what folks, folks were saying in, the, in that organization about this pick. But um, – Maybe we'll all be proven wrong, right? Like maybe he turns into the next Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. But but my guess is not. Um, yeah, I I hope he has a great career. And I just – it just – it feels – yeah, it, it's, it's a tough one. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that one kind of shakes out for sure. Um I guess we can just keep keep moving on. We've got two linebackers. You had mentioned Brooks, um, Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech, got taken by Seattle, and then Baltimore takes Patrick Queen, uh, linebacker from LSU. Um, do you have any uh, just thoughts about those guys, really quick? Uh, you know, Brooks uh, a little bit like Murray in terms of he's, he's athletic, he's smart, he's explosive. Uh, he had health questions. Um, and kind of was banged up at, at times during his career and, and, uh, in Lubbock, but, uh, but yeah, I think can be really good. And, and, you know, the Seahawks, that's one of those teams, um, honestly, like the, like the Steelers or like the Patriots when they draft a defensive player, uh, especially under that coaching staff with Pete Carroll, I kind of go, okay, I trust that, you know what you're doing. Um, so I, you know, uh, they've needed to restock that defense. I think he's going to do great there. Man, Patrick Queen to the Ravens, again, 
the the fit of player to organization, you just go, really? You didn't have to move, and you got Patrick Queen to restock your defense so the Ravens can keep being the Ravens. You just got to shake your head and wonder how some teams just get so lucky. And just fit fit the mold of just what Baltimore is. Baltimore is defense, and especially, like, from linebackers. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I mean, I don't have a lot to say other than that, just that both those teams just restocking um, just needs and creating more depth and be able to keep keep moving it and keep making playoff runs um, and, just, and just affecting uh, offenses. And you need dynamic guys uh, at the linebacker position nowadays to be able to, to for rush and the pass just because of how much more the pass is going right now. Absolutely. Um, he can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, so we've got uh, Tennessee takes Isaiah Wilson tackle from Georgia. Uh, I feel like I've been saying that a lot this draft, uh, yeah. but, and then Miami, I'm gonna butcher this, but takes Noah Igbenani. Igbenani. Uh, cornerback Auburn. I apologize. Igbenogany. Igbenogany. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> that one's hard, guys. I'm trying. I'm not the best pronouncer. Um, Don't worry. I had to look it up. Yeah, Igbenani. Um, what do you think about those guys? Uh, well, the Titans. That's a that's a peculiar pick, right? Um, they obviously can run the ball really well. They did a decent job in pass pro. Uh, and so I would not have necessarily guessed that that offensive line would have been what they went for. Uh, I think Wilson is good. He's an interesting player um, where there were times, you know, in his career that he was going to be a consensus top 10 pick whenever he decided to come out. Uh, And then there were times in the weeks leading up to the draft that, that people were saying, Oh, he's a a mid to late second rounder. Uh, And, and, um, but had first round potential, you know? And so, um, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be really interested to see. I think the Titans probably could have used a corner here. Uh, and you had some really strong, uh, candidates left on the board. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think, again, I think Wilson is good. I don't think he's great. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, sorry, the Dolphins, um, Igbenogany, uh, you know, uh, seems to be a great pick, uh, very athletic, um, you know, and they address another part of the team that they needed, um, and and this I think you know will help the Dolphins um, rebuild faster than than some other teams um, normally would. So. Um, yeah, you know, and same same with needing a corner. They got the guy that they wanted um, when there was also a lot of other corners that were very talented left on the board. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you look at Miami's draft, uh, you can see that they really went after positions of need and but um, didn't feel like they had to stretch too far to get what they were looking for. Because when you have this many picks, when you trade away these many, you want to at least – um, hit on a few of them, and it feels like that there's opportunities for a couple of these to really hit uh, for them trying to re- rebuild everything. Um, so, and then Wilson to Tennessee uh, could be good, um, but yeah, it's um, I'm not I'm not quite as sure because, like you said, the running game is their strong suit. So, I don't know. Yeah, you you would think maybe someone in the passing game or someone on the defensive defensive end, but then again, I mean, could be another thing to – they're also trying to protect – they just, you know, signed Tannehill to a longer deal. So, just trying to protect him, I guess. So right. that, Keep him upright. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I get it. I, you pay the quarterback and then you pay the guy protecting the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just to finish out, we are uh, finally at the, the book back end of the first round, uh, 31 and 32. The Minnesota Vikings pick again. They take uh, Jeff Gladney, quarterback from TCU. And then Kansas City takes Clyde Edwards-Alaire, running back LSU. Um, 
what are your thoughts on these last two guys to finish out the first round? Yeah, I um, I like Gladney. I think he's uh, kind of a smooth operator. And, um, you know, he comes from a defensive-minded program, defensive-minded head coach and Gary Patterson, who you know coaches um, those guys up really well. I have a lot of respect for Patterson. And, um, and again, same as with the Dolphins. Um, there were probably corners that I uh, had rated higher, specifically – Guys like Christian Fulton and Jalen Johnson, I thought I think really highly of those two players, um, but but the Vikings said no, we want Jeff Gladney, and uh, you know it's funny, the the Vikings obviously needed a corner, uh, they lost two starting corners to the Bengals in free agency, uh, and so they needed someone to come in and contribute right away, and and you had to figure that they were going to use one of their first round picks on a corner regardless. Uh, and so Gladney appears to be their guy and, um, and, uh, and, and they're, they're going to roll with him. So, um, I think that's great. And then, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, I'll say I'm surprised that the chiefs didn't trade out of this pick, but, um, for a team to stay in this pick and, and select a guy that is going to fit their offense, uh, the best. Uh, he was by, I would say, by far the best pass catching running back in the draft, and a guy that also did have some 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 pretty good success running the ball. Um, he wasn't just, you know, he's not just a, a pass catching running back, but but um, but he can tote the rock. So I was a little surprised. Obviously, you know, when you've got guys like Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, and, I would say everybody had all three of those players rated high, higher than um, Edwards Hilaire. But, uh, but I do think fit um, – I don't know that any of those three guys fit the Chiefs as well as he does. Uh, and so if they're not going to trade out of it, if no one wanted to trade into this pick, I think this guy um, is a great use of this pick. No, I think that's great. I mean – yeah, both these teams fit some needs that they had. Um, I didn't know as much about Gladney. Um, when I look it up, he uh, only has one interception from this year, but he's got 14 pass breakups, which is pretty good for a corner. Um, yeah. Stats don't always translate as well for corner uh, in, in those kind of traditional ones. But, um, yeah, I definitely feel like he fits a need in there. And corner – Corner, I kind of feel like the same as uh, offensive line, especially tackle. It's kind of a um, – you kind of take your best estimated guess and just hope that your research will, will, will pay off in the end. So, um, and then Kansas City, I, I feel – I really like this pick for them. Um, I mean, they just won the Super Bowl, so it's hard to be like, well, what are their needs? Um, yeah. But you always have to keep adapting because it's very hard in the NFL to, to, to repeat is because uh, there's just you need so many factors and you you could really argue that running back was the position was always a question with them ever since Kareem Hunt uh, had to be let go. Yeah. Um, which that's a whole nother discussion in and of itself um, of why Hill is still on the team, but then um, they had to let Hunt go. But ever since then they've been playing more of a running back by committee. We're just had a few different guys. And I think, uh, uh, Ceh, as he's been more <laughs> known as yes. I've seen on Twitter, um, he, he like I mean, like I, I feel like this is the theme of this draft is that there are a lot of guys who are going into teams that fit the mold of what they can bring to the table. And him with Mahomes and that offense, um, I think has a chance to be really dynamic. And so, from a fancy, fancy perspective, I think he's going to be um, great, especially in dynasty leagues, um, just because he's. The running backs are always high commodity. And so um, I think he's got a great opportunity uh, to be in that. And he doesn't have to be the, the number one. Like, obviously, Mahomes is, is the number one in that offense with wide receivers with Hill. So he gets right. to be a changeup, which I think honestly fits him better anyway because that's what he was doing with Burrow. So, yeah, well. I think it's great. I mean, he ran for 1,400 yards and 16 touchdowns last year, but he caught 55 passes. Yeah, only had one receiving touchdown, which uh, is interesting given that he caught fifty-five passes. But yeah. uh, but that I think just goes to show, hey, this this kid can do it all, and um, 
And so I think this is a, a great pick uh, for the Chiefs at the end of the first round. Yeah, love it. Um, so, guys, there's the – that's the first round. Um, it took us two episodes to get here, but we are here. We finished the first round. Um, now, of course, um, as, you know, Clemson and Ohio State and players that we've been looking out for, not all of our guys got taken in this first round. So I also wanted us to have a – I don't um, understand why. I, I don't know. I, I mean – I don't get it. I don't know either. I mean, obviously, like, our players are the best, so I don't know what they're really? Yeah. Um, so I, I want to have a little opportunity just to kind of uh, share our interest. I think always with drafts, we always have there's your team interests, and then there's like players that you are interested to see where they go. So, Chad, I'll let you have the floor for a little bit. What um, what are some other guys that you were just looking out for and wanting to see where they would go and what their fit is with their new team? Yeah, well, you know, it's um, it's interesting, right? Uh, to look at it from your, your college perspective um, and, and also being an NFL team or NFL guy and having an NFL team, um, you know, overall loved the Bengals draft, uh, thought that they did a, a great job. Um, you know, I, I would have loved uh, for them uh, to pick up Malik Harrison out of Ohio State as opposed to Logan Wilson in the third round. Um, I thought Harrison is actually a little bit more well-rounded as a player than, than Logan Wilson and actually played against higher uh, competition, obviously, um, Ohio State versus Wyoming. Uh, and then I have to watch Harrison get drafted by the Ravens, you know? So, again, uh, not, uh, not the ideal situation for an Ohio State fan, whether you're a Bengals or a Browns fan. Uh, and we've got a lot of Steelers fans, too, in Buckeye Nation, and now you've got to watch. Uh, I got started at linebacker for the last couple of years for us and did a really great job. Uh, you got to watch him play against your pro team. Uh, and the Ravens selected J.K. Dobbins too, which I thought that was a that was an interesting slide um, all the way down uh, to, to almost the bottom of the second round. When um, really thought that he was right up there with with Taylor and Swift, I would have put those three almost inseparable at the top of the running back pecking order. Um, so, you know, gives Dobbins a chip on his shoulder. He operates well in that space. Uh, I think he's going to be a great fit in the Ravens offense, unfortunately. Uh, and, um, and this is definitely a, a great draft for the Ravens overall. I think they did a, a phenomenal job. Um, so those were a couple Buckeyes that, uh, that I, I was, um, you know, keeping my eye on. And, and the other one was uh, K.J. Hill, uh, our all-time program receptions leader, drops all the way to the Chargers in the seventh round. Uh, I can only and will only assume that, uh, that, that every team just also assumed that he had been picked and didn't do their homework until some unpaid intern for the Chargers Texted the, the the GM and said, "Hey, he actually is available. Um, he's not a burner, but man, he does everything well. He's a guy that you want on on uh, on the field." Uh, and so, yeah, those were a couple of players that I was watching. But you know, I, I think there's a, a few shocking slides. Um, guys that that across the board had had a first round mark. Uh, generally speaking, you know, Jalen Johnson out of Utah, the corner. I love him. He's long. He's, he's fast and athletic. Uh, Denzel Mims, wide receiver. Uh, he, was, he was widely, uh, I thought, in that spot that Rager went. Uh, so that was interesting. Christian Fulton, again, I, I said I loved him um, and thought that he could have been a pick that the Titans could have made, but they ended up getting him in the second round, so good for them. Uh, you got A.J. Epinesa, uh, Josh Jones, the tackle out of Houston. Uh, bummer for him that he didn't get to kind of prove his his uh, bill of health. I think that really affected him dropping out of first round mocks and into the into the third round. And then uh, linebacker Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, uh, really like him, uh, really like his game. Think that he uh, could do really well, but but he had a pretty shocking slide. So um, yeah, those were just a couple things that I noted and and kind of was watching and. Um, we're just interesting things, you know, to, to, to kind of see. No, for sure. Um, 
I think absolutely it, it is interesting when you, when you watch like guys that you've um, been watching for years, and then some of the, some of the guys in college, like they hit well, and, and and teams love them the way you do, and they go where you think they should go, and the other guys, um, they go lower, but you're like, okay, like that kind of fits where they were, and and other guys, you're like, I don't know how he dropped that low, you know, and um, I think Hill's kind of like that with how you were kind of saying. Um, to kind of mention for the Panthers, I didn't – with the rest of the draft, um, I thought it was good. You know, they took uh, Gross Matos, the defensive end from Penn State. Um, he looks to be, like, I mean, he looks very athletic and looks very um, – I mean, they've needed help um, with uh, a couple players retiring and just needing pressure on the quarterback, um, especially with younger secondary. Um, I think this could be a really good pick for them. Um, so – there's just a lot of rebuilding with the Panthers. And so be interesting to see with that, but I think it can be a really good fit. And then just to mention some Clemson players, obviously Higgins in Cincinnati. Um, Pumped about him. I, I think, I think this is a, this is a great pick. And I think just knowing that he um, was a fan already of the area. And I think he's, um, he's built up some, and I think him to play outside of, AJ Green is going to be awesome. So that office is going to be really fun to watch. I think it's going to be really fun out there. Um, we also had Tanner Muse. Uh, he went also to the Raiders. Um, he was our safety, uh, but he was more of a run safety for us at Clemson. And so what's interesting is that they, in the NFL, I don't know if, if people listening don't know this, that in college you can pretty much wear whatever number you want as long as somebody else is not wearing it at the same time. But in pro, there's only certain numbers that can be worn by certain positions. So by them choosing what number they're going to pick is where they're going to play. Muse is wearing number 55. And, and, and in that um, range, like he's going to be a linebacker. So that's just interesting because he plays more of the run. So, um, yeah. And then we got Simpson also went to the Raiders. Um, and then... Uh, we have Trayvon Wallace went to the Eagles, and then we had uh, Trayvon Ingram went to the Rams. So, rest of the guys, I'm glad that they got picked, and it feels like those fit pretty well. Um, so, we have some of our big guys went higher, but it'll be interesting to see next year. But I, I feel good about all those guys. It's interesting just to watch watch them. The one I was um, So it'll be interesting, interesting to see with Wallace for us um, going to the Eagles. Um, I, he was a guy who, who I loved his energy, but could also lead up some big plays. But um, the couple of these guys, I'm excited that they got drafted. I think it's just more of, like we said in the other podcast, it's just, it's just fun to watch guys you rooted for for a while and they get their opportunity to go play at the next level that everybody gets to. Um, so I'm excited for that. Um, the only other player that I was uh, interested to see what would happen was um, that we hadn't talked about uh, off the top of my head is Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma because he had transferred and played quarterback and was really wanting to, and he went to be is now I think we were in the third round. He went to the Eagles. Uh, in the second up, round or second round. I'm sorry, second round. Yeah. Um, second round, but he's gonna be the backup for Wentz. Um, but Wynn just had some in injury history. So, but it seems that they're going to try to, uh, to use him in some way. I don't know if they're going to try to use some kind of like special package for him or not. Um, but there's just players like that. I'll be like, huh, that'll be really interesting to see what they kind of decide to use with him. Um, it's funny. I, you know, the, the, when it happened, uh, I texted my buddy, the Eagles fan and, and, you know, he just, he was beside himself, uh, just upset, just distraught. But the more that I've thought about it, I, I do like that pick. I, I've always thought highly of Hertz. Um, and obviously, like you said, Wentz has a checkered injury history. So, uh, you know, I think, I think Hertz brings a lot of abilities to the table that the Eagles offense is very well equipped to take advantage of. So I, you know, it, it's funny. At first, I was like, oh, hey, check it out. The Eagles also hate their starting quarterback like the Packers. But uh, but maybe not, you know. We'll see. 
we'll see. Yeah, it, it definitely becomes more of a, um, a depth thing as we get later on. But, I mean, good for him. I'm glad he gets to, to try and play the position he wants to play because people are pushing him to play uh, like tight end or, or another position in the NFL, and he's going to have a shot to play quarterback. So, yeah. Um, and, and so it seems that transfer worked for him. So good for him. Um, well, Chad, uh, since we've come to our end of our road of this draft, um, it's been really fun. I've enjoyed this journey with you. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, but, uh, but really, thanks for being on. This is really fun. Um, thanks for having me. This is, yeah. this has been a blast. Uh, I, I hope we can, uh, hope we can toss around a few more sports ideas, some thoughts real soon. No, absolutely. Would love it. I mean, especially as we're coming up on to a summer of um, sports seem to be in the future. We just don't know when or how they'll look like. So we've got a lot of, as they say in sports radio, summer topics. Um, <laughs> so we really, we've, we've thrown out some different things. And so um, just we, it'd be some fun to talk about some different, uh, just fun topics about off season and just what to look forward to. And just lots of different ideas we can, we can throw around. Um, well, guys, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, this has been a fun little two-part special. Uh, remember just to like, subscribe, uh, review the podcast. That really helps us out. Um, share what you thought. If there's stuff that you want us at Backyard Catch to talk about, um, topics you've been interested in or wanting to debate, um, let us know and we can put that together. But really appreciate you listening. Um, so, But for now, we are signing off.